Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast, your go-to listening for everything travel. Here are your Travel Pulse hosts, Eric Bowman and Dan Callahan. Yes, sir, listeners. Today is the day. It is January 26th, yet another Travel Tuesday, and my final episode on the Travel Pulse podcast. My name is Dan Callahan, joined for the last time with co-host Eric Bowman. Eric, how you doing? I'm doing well, Dan. It is a sad day that you'll be leaving us, but uh, yes, you're leaving Travel Pulse and on to pursue the comedy dream. So if you missed last week's show, uh, that's uh, we, we dropped that news and you know now it's on to uh, Dan's final show here today, which we have some, some fun stuff to talk about, some not so fun stuff to talk about as well. Uh, big day in, in the world of travel and a lot of good trending stuff too, which we'll get in a moment. But uh, if you missed last week's show, you know the future of this show will uh, just be me. Uh, executive editor Eric Bowman as the host and I'll be bringing on various guests from travel advisors to travel suppliers so if you're in a travel advisor listening right now and you want to be on the show in the future drop me an email at podcast at travelpulse.com and um, tell me what you specialize in and why you think you uh, what you could bring to the show and why you think you'd be a good fit there so um, next week it'll actually just be um, me and I might have a guest on we'll, we'll see but I will be in Jamaica for next week's show uh, on location at Sandals South Coast, uh, provided that the COVID test that I took this morning comes back negative. So fingers crossed there. And I'll be in Jamaica next week. Oh, that's awesome. Well, doing a remote podcast from there. We've had remote guests before. Have we ever done a remote one outside the country as a, as a, from a host perspective? I don't think, maybe you in Cancun one time? Yeah, yeah. Last year when I was in uh, Dominican Republic, uh, it was just me there. And then you were back remote in Jersey uh, when we did that last uh, summer on the experience of what uh, the DR was like there. And so it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what the experience like for Jamaica is next week. And um It'll be, it'll be Tuesday. I, I arrive on Monday and then I leave on Friday. So I won't know, you know, by the time we do this podcast or I do this podcast next week, I won't exactly know what the full experience of getting tested on site at an all-inclusive resort is like, uh, but I will be writing about that and maybe doing some video stuff as well. So uh, be on the lookout for that content in February. Yeah, and we're going to go over that, I believe, in this episode a little bit of what to expect with the recent updates with the uh, new executive order regarding that. That used to be the CDC new rule, which I I guess is now an executive order, an executive order going into effect. But uh, one thing is for sure uh, with me, even though I'm be leaving the travel industry, what I will be doing down the line is always using and recommending a travel advisor, which comes into big big play here in National Vacation Day. Mainly because, you know, when you're planning a vacation, uh, there's so many things that go into it. Having that advisor on your side to be uh, have your back and have all of the information readily at hand. I know all of you listening to this podcast know that by now, but it's, you know, great selling point when speaking to pl- clients or potential clients. Um, so tell us a little bit more about uh, plan National Plan of Vacation Day, Eric. Yeah, I love that it's on a Travel Tuesday this year. National Plan of Vacation Day. Uh, also, the today is the first day that the CDC's new rule goes into effect. You mentioned that, Dan. So if you're traveling into the U.S., you need to provide proof of a negative COVID-19 test. Um, thought it was interesting that they picked that day uh, to, to launch this new rule, uh, and it fell on National Plan of Vacation Day. I thought that was pretty interesting. Don't know if somebody did that on purpose, but um, yeah, definitely use a travel advisor to plan your future vacations. Some of the best deals out there right now was the industry is hurting and trying to get people to travel and book future trips. Whether you feel comfortable traveling right now or not, that's totally up to you. But what you can do is look to the future because planning a vacation improves your mental health. 
and you could get excited, something to look forward to. I know I've got future trips that I'm really looking forward to, some personal trips as well. Going to be going to Disney World soon. Very much excited about that, and my wife is too, and it's uh, it's a big mental health booster in that. Definitely, and I think that's something that every person around the world could definitely use a little more of at this point, as long as you're doing it safely, abiding by the rules uh, that are at play, especially with some of the new rules that have come in under the new presidential administration, um, especially being the one with now requiring masks on planes and other public uh, modes of transportation, which I think, Eric, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, these were already put into play or enforced by the companies, brands, corporations that control these, especially airlines that were requiring it. The CDC already had this in place that's going to require the um, uh, negative test to be provided before entering the United States again uh, through uh, by air. Um, but having the executive order on top of it is just like the federal support of it. Is that correct? Or is there more to it than that? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it was all, all the airlines are on board with this. They've been uh, kicking people off planes because they wouldn't wear a mask and banning passengers. They've actually banned over like 2,500 passengers now, all the various airlines through that. So uh, the travel industry had uh, mixed reviews to President Biden's new executive orders. You know, got to have masks on planes. And like you said, trains as well and all public transportation on that. So um, the, I think the big takeaway on that was the, a lot of people were, were, were fine with that. I mean, the U S travel association came out and praised the mask mandate, but they weren't big fans. They felt that the quarantine rule was quote unnecessary. And that's an interesting take, you know, because it was an interesting rule rather that they came out with that with Biden's executive orders um, saying you must comply with the uh, CDC's recommendation of self quarantining when you get, back into the U.S. So I don't know how they're really going to enforce that. I'm intrigued to see what what kind of language I get from customs or anything like that when I come back from Jamaica in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, if you have any clients or any, any anyone listening right now is planning to travel outside of the country and, and be back, you know, before next week, let us know. Podcast at travelpulse.com. Yeah. to email us uh, your thoughts there but um yeah go ahead dan i was gonna say like what you said and i think that's what uh u.s travel the u.s travel association has said as well is you know how is that going to be enforced um obviously it's the first question that comes to mind even with the interstate um uh quarantine advisories and guidelines that they've had in place for months now um i think for the most part it's been just somebody i don't know if it's a government official a you know some type of uh, um figure either at airports or certain places i think you have to you know somewhat either verbally or signing agreeing saying you're doing this if they're coming from a certain place that's what i've heard from some people traveling across the country i don't know how it's going to change internationally um but yeah i mean trying to enforce that is going to be uh, crazy and i don't think there's it's really going to be a uh, i think just a um <laughs> advised thing to do even though they're trying to steep up the yeah, language i'm wondering if it's just going to be like yeah if they just are just saying it and thinking that okay we say this so people will do it like maybe some people will but some people probably aren't like i don't think it goes back to you know how could they possibly enforce this without doing some real crazy stuff and you know monitoring you in very sketchy ways i guess i, I don't know man they, they, a lot of people were upset about this a lot of travel advisors voiced their displeasure on this too the whole you know this is thinking that this was going to kill travel and kill the travel industry together like it does seem like an unnecessary attack on international travel like we should really be focusing on uh, we said this last week too dan you know you can go to florida you can go to vegas or whatever right now and they're still 
some some of the some of those areas around the U.S. Their cases are higher than other places in the Caribbean where you could you know you go to. So yeah, it seems like you should be focusing more on some of the U.S. and but you know also relying on the testing that's in place in a lot of these destinations too. Yeah, and I think that's the, the one thing. It's just like seems like a blanketed thing for international. No matter where you're coming from, you have to provide a negative test. And I understand that um, that just might be a more safer than sorry type of thing. Obviously, they could break it out country by country, airport by airport depending on cases per 100,000 like they did with the states. Like up here in New Jersey, we had 40-something states on that at uh, pretty much the entire time. Probably still do at this point of places where you states you come back from, um, if their cases are above a certain amount per 100,000, then you're advised to quarantine for two weeks. Um, you know, they very well could have done that for international, but that probably would have been uh, a little crazy because of the dis- different testing requirements and government by government, country by country. So um, I think just putting that blanket anywhere outside the U.S. coming in, you need to provide it. However, at least they are accepting the, the rapid antigen testing uh, as well as the PCR. Obviously, I mentioned before about the vast differences in accuracy between those two, so I was actually surprised that they're accepting both, but I think they kind of had to because I believe the the rapid one is um, a little more a little cheaper than the full blown PCR one. And you can get them quicker than the PCR one in certain circumstances. Um, so at least they did that. Um, but I, I can, I'm kind of understanding where some people are coming from saying the, uh, the quarantine is meant for that incubation period. Like you can get it and test negative when you board a plane or a couple days before you board a plane. Um, and then you get back and it's still in that incubation period where you're going to test negative, 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 and then you can finally test positive, but you could have been spreading it that whole time. Um, so there's arguments coming from different sides all over the place, but we'll see how it plays out. I think people that want to travel, I think a lot of them still are going to. However, with these additional steps that are put in place and just the overall fear and the words behind a lot of it, some people might want to back out or postpone. So, um, you know, any advisors with experience on it or people you've talked to specifically about this, definitely reach out at podcast at travelpulse.com. Yeah. And, and anyone who was mad about this, I'd love to know if you were, were you mad that it happened period or were you mad that it happened now or you were you mad that it just happened in general? Because if you think back in the say, say this happened, this kind of, this rule went into effect, both quarantine and, and the testing stuff. This came out, you know, last like April or last May. Would, would you be as mad as you are now then if it happened? I mean, obviously, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and get all these hypotheticals and what if situations and everything too. But that was one thing I thought about. It was like, are people mad because it's happening now? Because there is, there was kind of a boost back up into bookings and general interest. And, you know, we've been talking about the pent up demand for a while now and everything. And it seems like, you know, there's this light at the end of the tunnel. And then all of a sudden, bam, a new rule comes in and, you know, effectively canceling trips for some people and preventing other people from booking for maybe spring break or, early summer or anything like that. So it'd be interesting to get uh, some people's thoughts on that if they want to shoot us uh, their feedback on that. So other trending news, the U.S. Travel Association uh, also, since they said they came out of this quarantine rule that um, said it was unnecessary, they also decided that they uh, are going to be pushing the Biden administration for travel tax credits. Uh, things like tax credits for travel, personal and group-wise, uh, stimulating the industry would be a welcome help to the industry. Um, one out of every 10 jobs in the U.S. is travel-related based on research from the U.S. Travel Association and their CEO, Roger Dow, noted that, quote, one of the best ways and quickest ways to put people back to work and get America moving again will be through travel. So that's a big priority for our discussions with them. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, what comes out of this next, uh, I guess, a uh, relief stimulus package, whatever's going to happen with Biden now that he's officially president. And uh, will there be any language in there? And, you know, f- you know, final documentation about these uh, travel tax credits that have been talked about since, you know, last March, really. 
Yeah, I remember talking about them a while back um, and playing either side of the field on those and how you can use them and different things like that. So um, when they eventually do uh, get to introducing this new round of things, we'll see how that plays out. Um, Another hot topic of discussion as we were talking about uh, um, negative tests to get into the country, but also the vaccine conversation continues on as uh, different um, companies and organizations keep on bringing up a vaccine passport. The WTO is calling for it. A lot of people on Facebook uh, don't really like the idea um, and it carries over into different uh, you know uh, areas of the industry that are going to require or talking about requiring a vaccine to uh, travel with them so Eric what are some of the uh, the comments you've been seeing out there on the World Wide web regarding this yeah World Tourism Organization called for the vaccine passport and we posted up on our Facebook page and I said you know should a vaccine passport be mandatory to travel and it got a lot of interesting feedback there a lot of no's um, some hell no's a couple absolutely nots uh, one yes trickled in there a lot of people throwing shots at the government too so very interesting stuff um, and uh, one person said are we turning into communism one person yeah started talking about babies and getting the vaccine and uh, fertility stuff. Like it was all over the place on the Facebook comment threads because Facebook doctors are out in full force within this last year. Dan and I have talked about multiple times on this show, but uh, very interesting stuff there. I think it's actually, um, you know, I had an experience this morning when I got my COVID test, I asked if the urgent care nurse had uh, taken the vaccine yet, because I know a few nurses, that's the healthcare workers were the first to get it, you know? So I asked, I was like, Oh, you know, just out of curiosity, uh, did you get that? And she said, no, that she did not take it and she has no plans to take it because she isn't sure how they could have developed one so fast. And she's worried about all the side effects that she's heard and all this. And it just kind of surprised me that she was like just so emphatic and everything. And then she asked what I was getting the COVID test for. And I told her, you know, for work to travel to Jamaica. And then she was like, yeah, I could probably get the COVID vaccine if, uh, if it's required to travel. And I was like, so you don't want the vaccine now, but if, it's required to travel, then you will get the vaccine. So I thought that was quite interesting that her her sole, you know, focus on the vaccine there was, well, if if I have to get it to travel somewhere, I'll get it. So I thought that was very interesting this morning. Especially this is the person that was giving you the test and they don't want to get the vaccine or that are not even required to? No, yeah, I guess their urgent care facility. She was saying people in their office, uh, multiple people in their office don't plan to get it, which I thought was pretty interesting considering you come like that's pretty much what she does all day every day is a bunch of COVID tests and uh this was this was the second um time i got a COVID test for 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 travel stuff and um the first time they didn't do this but this morning she did she counted to 10 and like 10 jabs up the nose uh with the little you know um q-tip thing or whatever it is and uh she thing. counted out loud and i was like uh, this whole thing a little worse for me hearing the <laughs> hearing how many times she's just stabbing me in my brain i was like oh man uh, this whole thing just sounds like you got bamboozled i think you went into what you thought was a a covid testing facility but you like wandered into like the back of an abandoned warehouse behind a gas station and a walmart and these people just rigged you up it sounds like quite the quite the <laughs> setup they got but uh um i don't i don't know what they there, there could be a clone of you walking around here in a year or two is what was going on so so, um, 
That'd be a good looking clone. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I, can, uh, I, I have expressed ooh. on here before about the, the vaccine uh, passports and how um, a lot of privacy companies and advocacy groups were, weren't really for them because of privacy concerns, because of discrimination concerns. However, it does you know fall into the realm, and I've seen this done in numerous other places prior to COVID, uh, that people are going on the, a black market and finding fake COVID-19 tests in order to travel. Um, and that does not surprise me that there is such a thing out there. I mean, it's, it's a pretty... Right. Yeah. We, we talked about that last summer. I feel like that that's probably what's going to happen after I yeah. got my tests and I showed you what it looked like and you were like, Oh, people could probably Photoshop this. And that yeah. is apparently what's happening. And there's a big black market for it, which is nuts, man. Because like, people uh, are the worst. If you had like the, va- like when you're showing up somewhere where it's required to get a vaccine to go on a cruise ship or eventually an airline or something like that, is it somebody just literally like holding up like a piece of paper and they just look at it? Like what exactly is that person trained or know to look for on a proper vaccine. I mean, it's something that you can very easily be photoshopped. Right. Seems- and they're probably looking at the date. They're yeah. probably looking at the date and they're looking at the words negative, or they may even just be looking for the word negative and then saying, carry on. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember uh, call, uh, calling this a while uh, ago. I've seen it with the Super Bowl every year. There's somebody that puts up a video on YouTube or a UFC event of them getting a picture or a scan of a legit like press pass or media pass or VIP yep. le- uh, neck lanyard to put on. And they, they Photoshop the entire thing and they put it on and they can go wherever they want inside some of the world's biggest events. So it doesn't surprise me at all um, that something like that is happening happening but a vaccine passport that was a little bit more verifiable through you know maybe somebody you know scanning a qr code that's issued through a government thing but then that also crosses into the line of why i was kind of like ah that's kind of a little uh a little um you know uh, over the top to have the government and the airlines being able to say this and then privacy concerns and everything all involved but nonetheless um either way you look at it i think there's arguments to be made on either side but uh buying tests on the black market probably isn't exactly the best thing to be doing no yeah you should just just go get a test like just get a real test it's not that bad yeah i mean it was a little painful this morning it tingled and tickled my brain i guess a little bit but you know it was over in a few minutes and and i'll get my results back uh, hopefully by thursday so they, they said 24 to 48 hours which i thought was uh, uh way faster than um, the last time i got oh, it that's, which was they said because you're four and five days um last summer when i did it but yeah that's because you're being duped at a uh, abandoned warehouse behind a gas station and a walmart down there in georgia somewhere <laughs> and who knows who was giving you that test um it certainly sounds like it was quite oh, man, character. i'm gonna miss your sarcasm and um, <laughs> i'm gonna I miss your sarcasm in future episodes. I, yeah. I will miss that. So, but now, one place we know that, Oh, go ahead, Dan. I was just going to lead right into the in. next thing. I was going to talk about the dedication of Same. people that could be yeah. using fake COVID tests to get uh, fake COVID-19 tests or even fake vaccine, uh, whatever it might be the dedication to get on a cruise ship. How about uh, the news coming out of the first cruise line to require vaccines for passengers? Yeah, UK-based tour operator Saga, they host voyages for travelers 50 years and older, and they plan to launch the Spirit of Adventure inaugural voyage on May 4th with a ship full of vaccinated tourists. So it'll be a mandate that if you want to get on that ship, you're going to have to have the COVID vaccine in order to board. So uh, I posted this in my column, Bowman's Travel Brief, uh, this week, which should this be industry-wide? Should all cruise ships do this? Uh, today it came out, we um, know that uh, Norwegian Cruise Line is mandating all, all of their crew to receive the vaccine but it remains to be seen what the kind of big ocean liners your big three and norwegian carnival and royal caribbean if they will mandate the passengers do this i don't think that they will i think they know that they'll be hurting their their dollars if they if they do because a lot of people are just not going to take the vaccine 
as I've learned firsthand this morning. I mean, I've seen all the, you know, the research and data and everything too, but to hear that this morning too was uh, a bit alarming there, but I don't think this will be industry-wide. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I don't think it'll be industry-wide either unless there's some type of mandate that comes in from somewhere that requires it um, or, you know, uh, groups, you know, just blankets start rolling it out as we've seen in travel industry. You see it with social media networks and, uh, uh, you know, tons of big corporations and tech companies. Once one thing... uh, uh, implement something, it's only a matter of time before it just falls down the line and becomes a snowball effect of everybody else adopting the same thing. Um, I don't think that's going to happen to every single single place, but it's definitely possible. I think uh, you can tell really how how different, and we keep on talking about all the different reactions we get from people because the, the, the travel industry as a whole, not everybody is thinking alike. People come from a lot of different backgrounds, area of the country, area of the world. So everyone has different viewpoints and opinions, which I think is great. Um, obviously, it's a little more serious when you're talking about vaccines for a, um, a virus that has turned into a pandemic. But um, going on to our story here about uh, NCL planning to require vaccinations for all their crew members, just to give you a taste of it, of what I was just talking about. First two comments on this story were, wow, this is a big step for the cruise industry. One right below that was, I hate this. Ridiculous. <laughs> It's just like you're going to have polar opposite opinions yeah. from either side of it. And then yeah. people get into arguments and, you know, most of them I can kind of see where they're coming from on both sides, but it's just so many things in this industry that have happened the past year, but I, I kind of see validity from some people, not everybody, some people on either side of it. And it's kind of tough to make that call, at least in my, in my stance, I have always been middle of the road for a lot of things, but uh, yeah, I can definitely, uh, it's getting a little, little crazy. Indeed. And moving on to airline news and what's trending a bit over there at uh, Delta, they announced this week that they are hiring a chief health officer um, named a doctor from the Mayo Clinic to join that and uh, put a huge focus towards health and safety, which I think they have been kind of the top airline there. And in terms of of all of that, Uh, they are a little behind on as far as like setting up an app like American Airlines has the app that they verify app that they announced a couple weeks ago. It's coming out so you can get all your data or all your any documents that you need in there. United just unveiled uh, yesterday their travel ready centers on their app. So you can do all that. So uh, be interesting to see when Delta comes out with that. So, uh, but they did hire a chief health officer and we, we, we saw this from the cruise industry last year, though. Royal Caribbean named a doctor their global head of uh, public health and uh, chief medical officer. So I thought it was pretty interesting that um, cruise line already had that in place last year and they couldn't cruise still haven't, been cruising and won't be cruising until May and Delta and an airline is just now coming out with this. So like what, what took you so long? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely taking a while and especially, well, at least they, they did it and didn't, uh, at least they they can say they actually did do that. Um, which I think is, is yeah, I got something and focusing more, you know, towards the future, I guess it's, you know, post pandemic, um, look ahead to make sure things are still, uh, safe wise and you know health of uh, onboard air quality and all that good stuff um, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out and see if United and um, American come out with any of theirs too or any of the budget airlines too if they decide to name a, a chief health officer too yeah it would be interesting to see what other ones do and hopefully uh, you know mention the Royal Caribbean named a doctor of their global head public uh, health and chief medical officers I remember talking about that and uh um, that was quite some time ago, and it just seems like cruise lines keep on getting pushed back and back further and further. It seems like most of them now are pushed through the end of April. Some are uh, still scheduled yep. to be a little earlier than that. Some are way past that. 
Um, but it just seems like it's getting further and further away. And uh, unless something really turns around, I'm not sure if it's going to continue to stop the bleeding, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a bit unfair if you ask me the way the treatment has gone for the cruise industry on that. I, I think that uh, these test voyages should have already happened by now. It's almost February now. Uh, you got to give these cruise lines a chance. I mean, people are still going out and flying on planes and staying in hotels and everything, and they've got their protocols in place. So let's see what these cruise lines can do, you know? Yeah. And I, I at least think- for the test voyage, sorry, you know, that. That that blows my mind that that the test voyages alone haven't started yet. I'm, I understand there's concerns about having passengers on. You're going to have limited capacity once people do get back on. But like the fact that the test voyages themselves have not launched yet, when we knew about test voyages would be a thing, what was that like back in November? Yeah, mm-hmm. that we knew that they were going to have to do test voyages, and here we are almost. February now and those still haven't launched out yet. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know if they're waiting for vaccines to become more widely distributed so that they can have everyday people, non, you know, uh, uh, you know, first round of people that have to get the vaccine and it's, you know, more readily available and they want people like that to get on. I I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I mean, the more stuff gets pushed back and back and back, um, it'll probably be better and safer. Uh, but I, I think that they're more than capable to go do test voyages and prove themselves. Um, especially for people that are voluntarily doing it. However, I don't think, um, any government or CDC cares if people are voluntarily doing it cause it's still not going to stop a spread of something and something does happen. However, there would be ways to mitigate that, but either way, I agree with you and think it's been, they've been treated, uh, the most unfair, unfairly in the industry compared to all other forms. So, um, hopefully that is sooner rather than later, even though we have been saying that for months upon months now. Indeed. So that pretty much wraps up what was trending in the world of travel in the past week. So if you saw any other news or you just have any opinions about uh, all the stuff we talked about today, hit us up podcast at travelpulse.com. Let us know your thoughts. Um, as we get ready to close out the show here, Dan, I just want to say, you know, thanks. Thanks for jumping on and, and diving into the, this uh, podcast here and reviving it with me. It's been, it's been fun. Any, any uh, moments from the last year that uh, really jumped out of you that you enjoyed the most, any, any people that we interviewed or any, any good stuff. Uh, you want to uh, about before too, we close out today's show? Too many to name. I feel like I can have like a Dan's final thought here, like they used to have for Jerry Springer at the end of his episodes, like Jerry's final thought for all these people Do that it. were like fist fighting with the you know sisters cousins that were they were in relationships with <laughs> with the mailman and pizza boy. But nonetheless. Um, yes, I, uh, it's definitely been a great ride here. We took it over in December of 2019. Uh, then come March, we were saying this isn't the coronavirus podcast. And then since then, that has been a lot of what we've been limited to be talking about news-wise. Um, out of that, there's been too many people to, to name that have been great guests, uh, listeners that have written in with a lot of really good information. And uh, overall... I think just going forward, um, and we did a lot of remote podcasts. We talked about doing more on-site stuff than COVID happened and kind of put that at bay. So hopefully that does make a, a return. Um, obviously props to Mark Murphy for starting this thing well ahead the, well ahead of the curve from many other corporations, brands within the industry that took forever to get into the podcast game. Um, this was definitely uh, one of the first, if not the first in the travel industry specifically dedicated to advice. And that's what it really comes down to. Everything on here that we talk about, the people we engage with on emails in between episodes about thoughts, comments, concerns, uh, answering questions, bringing on guests, whether it's suppliers, advisors, um, all of that combined. I think it really just builds a community helping the travel industry, especially 
those who definitely uh, have one of the largest voices in this industry being the travel advisor. And it's that whole sense of community. And I think all of that combined, I don't think you'll be able to find a better trade podcast than this one here, a better trade news source. So continue supporting the site of Travel Pulse and all their brands continue supporting this podcast by listening, tuning in, sharing it with your friends, leaving reviews, um, other advisors out there, get them on board. And this could, you know, really grow, you know, going forward and even down the line with all the guests we have coming on. So it has really been a pleasure for what a year and a year and a month, essentially, for about 13 months here, uh, solely hosting it. So thanks again, everybody. Eric, do you have, well, that was Dan's final thought, but uh, if you want to close out the episode, feel free to go right ahead. Yeah, if, uh, if anyone wants to come on, if you're in a travel advisor and you think you'd uh, love to talk about some trending topics in the world and share your opinions and, and advice to other advisors, podcast at travelpulse.com. You know the email. Drop me a line. Let me know if you'd like to come on and, and why you think you'd be good for it. Yeah, we had some some good times on the show, uh, some fun times, had a, had a lot of laughs. And uh, I, I think my favorite moment might have been the time you uh, you took that one guy to task over the ethics. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. We'll, we'll, uh, we, we don't have to dive into that anymore. We spent an entirely too long show of that back a few months ago. But anyway, um, yeah, a lot of good stuff. And I, I appreciate the kind words about the, the future of the podcast here. And then uh, we'll continue on and uh, make sure that we, you know, keep delivering the quality content that uh, your listeners enjoy. So that that's it from me and uh, thanks for listening and have a great week, everyone.